Are you ready to make positive transformation happen for you? Today, you're going to hear how some of the most successful people in the world have made it happen. Hello, and welcome to Transformational Energy Leadership with Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey. These successful people and Dr. Woolsey will share advice, insights, tips, and tricks designed to help you incite personal action. It's time to bring positive transformational leadership to your life. Now, here's your host, Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey. Welcome to Transformational Energy Leadership. I am your host, Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey, coming to you live from America's heartland. Now, today's show is called Leading with a Growth Mindset. And before we get started, just a quick reminder to go to my website during commercial breaks. That's transformationalenergyleadership.com, where you can learn more about me and my business offerings. And if you wish to contact me, contact me you can email me at mwolsey at transformationalenergyleadership.com or go to Voice America under the Empowerment Channel, where you can find me under my last name. And of course, I'm on social media, Facebook and LinkedIn. Would love to converse with you. Now, today we're talking about leading with a growth mindset. And joining me is Chris Pritchard. She's in the UK. And today, and also, she's the founder and managing partner of Metalucid Limited. And the firm specializes in transformational-based interventions around talent strategy to enable people to think and execute beyond their limits in order to achieve improved business outcomes. Our conversation today will involve an in-depth discussion about what it means to live and lead with a growth mindset. And this this discussion is based off of the best-selling book by Carol Dweck. It's called Mindset, The New Psychology of Success. And our discussion will illuminate how growth mindset can transform organizations and move them into a more productive, positive, and powerful force for good. Sounds pretty good, doesn't it? So welcome to the show, Chris. Thank you, Matthew. Hi, everybody. So great to have you here today, and thanks for calling in from the UK right on this holiday weekend. Now, I, I want to also remind the listening audience, this is a live show, so please call in to engage this conversation today with us. All right, Chris, let's talk about this. So to get things started, tell us about you and how you came to adopt growth mindset into your business model for clients. Basically, what is it that you do for them? Yes, um, thank you, Matthew. So, um, gosh, well, I, I guess, you know, I've been in the in the space of learning and development, organizational learning and development, as well as personal learning and development for 25 years plus now. And in all of that time, working with managers and leaders, both inside an organization and also consulting um, with organizations, what, what really fascinated me the most was why some managers, some leaders are able to get the best out of their people where others, you know, are very quick to write people off, to, you know, to make decisions around people, to judge people and to say they're never going to get there, they're never going to learn, they're never going to be able to get anywhere. And this whole area of kind of talent and, and potential and potential, not just in leadership, but just, you know, really exploring your potential was fascinating to me. And so um, I guess, you know, through the course of a number of different talent programs and, and work around those, we started our own research um, and probably in the last 10 years uh, with Metalucid, we focused very much on trying to identify what it was that some managers, 
some leaders were able to do whilst others weren't. And it all came back to it wasn't about the skills, it wasn't actually even about the knowledge, but it was a, it was a fundamental belief and a belief that, you know, behaviors can be um, improved and, you know, and intelligence can be improved as well. And so with our own research, uh, we came across the, the work that Carol Dweck did, and you mentioned her book already, Mindset, the New Psychology of Success. And, and actually since then, she's just updated that edition and, and calling it, I think it's it changing the way you think to fulfill your potential. And it is all about, for us, it's all about potential. And so, you know, combination of, of the work that she did, although primarily with students and at schools, um, we've taken that now and, you know, worked in inside organizations. And we're seeing great results. We're seeing leaders and managers really make a difference um, in terms of um, the improvement that they're do, you know, that they're getting. So our work is dedicated, um, you know, we're dedicated to working with the organizations, helping them to, first of all, understand what, what this is all about, the knowing part of, of mindset and, and specifically growth mindset, changing what they do, so the, the doing part, if you like, um, but more importantly, taking that knowledge and that um, action, if you like, and becoming, um, you know, growth mindset managers, leaders, individuals. So really moving from that whole knowing to, uh, to doing to being. Knowing, doing, to being. And by the way, I need to get her new book. I'm glad that you mentioned that. So, <laughs> yes. so we've talked about growth mindset. What exactly do you mean by growth mindset? Yeah, so, um, well, so, so Carol, first of all, I mean, she describes the mindset as, as a self-perception or a self-theory, you know, that people hold about themselves, believing that they are either intelligent or, or not. Um, and, you know, that's probably the most simple example of, of, of mindset. You know, people have a mindset related to their personal and professional lives. Um, you know, people say things like, I'm a good leader or I'm a, I'm a bad parent, for example. That, that's really all to do with mindset. And the core idea of mindset is very simple. Um, and what she talks about and, and we have now taken on, on board is that a growth mindset is a belief that intelligence and abilities are malleable qualities and they can be developed. You can improve. Whereas the fixed mindset is the belief that intelligence and abilities are fixed traits. You know, you're born like that and doesn't matter what you do, you, can, you will not improve. And that's really the, the, you know, the core idea. It's very simple. Um, you know, if you believe that intelligence and abilities are not fixed at birth but can be developed through effort, then you have the growth mindset. And, and by contrast, you have a fixed mindset if you believe that it's unchanging. And that therefore, you, you know, the way in which you operate, the way in which you behave, and the way in which you act um, will lead to um, a fixed, if you like, uh, perspective and, and less achievement in the long run. And what I hear you saying then is anyone can have growth mindset. Yes, um, and, and, you know, that's a growth mindset voice talking. <laughs> so um, anyone can absolutely, um, you know, have a growth mindset. You know, if we, if we go back to, you know, it's the, in its simplistic form, it's a belief. It's, it's no more than a belief, um, and that's the simplistic part about it. But, you know, not everybody believes that. So, you know, there are, in, in organizations, we have come across daily, um, you know, people that, you know, believe that, you know, they were born to be what they are, you know, and they therefore, you know, um, will not put in the effort. 
you know, they see challenges, for example, um, as things to avoid, obstacles they give up easily. They don't see, you know, uh, they see efforts, if you like, as fruitless, uh, you know, and just not worth going through through the process of it. So they become what we call the fixed mindset. Um, they have a deterministic view of the world versus, you know, the growth mindset individuals who have this, you know, desire to learn as opposed to the desire to look smart that the fixed mindset has. So, yeah, whilst, you know, we, we assess people and we go into an organization and before we start any work, you know, one of the first things we do is we, we ask people what do they believe and we do, we've got a very simple 16-question um, assessment that, you know, anybody can take actually um, that just asks questions around those fundamental beliefs and that gives us information about where pe- what people are believing and not why they're believing but what they're believing and then we work with those um, individuals and you know in, in groups in organizations to help them to to move because whilst you know it is a belief um, you can change your belief and it's the belief that drives the behaviors and actions ultimately and we do believe that you know everybody can be growth mindset but it you know it's not about you know it's, it's not that's not the panacea, you know, something else has got to happen. So, you know, people have to embrace the challenges and, and create that resistance and persistence and, and, you know, apply a lot of effort. I, Chris, I'm just imagining you engaging with clients and you said in the beginning, working with clients and hearing those stories of those messages, if you will, over the years of just letting people go. And I can just imagine still, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you probably run into individuals who say, that's fine and dandy, Chris. That sounds great. Mm-hmm. But I, I just believe some people are born with better genes and DNA and aptitudes than others. How do you respond to that? Yeah, <laughs> we, you know, we get that all the time and there's a lot of, you know, there, there's actually a lot of um, hype about growth mindset at the moment and there are lots of myths around what it is, what it isn't. Um, and, you know, and it's, and it's something that, you know, it's, it's not new. Growth mindset isn't new. Um, you know, human performance levels have increased steadily throughout history and we've seen lots of, you know, trends around performance in organizations um um, you know, from development psychology to organizational learning methods to models of human motivation, et cetera, et cetera. And yet there are people that says, you know, intuitively, you know, people are born like that. And, you know, it, we, you know, we hear um, people talking about child geniuses proves that, you know, mindset doesn't matter. Well, you know, if you look back and, and really look at what people did and, and, you know, why we do have child geniuses, it, it's not, you know, maybe, maybe there is, you know, um, something around, you know, natural talent existing, but the type of talent is not the sole arbiter for success. And there's a lot of research that suggests that you can improve performance through effort. And if you look back at those child geniuses, even, you know, the amount of effort and energy and continuous and deliberate practice um, that they, you know, dedicated to, to whatever it was that they, you know, became great at um, actually is, a, you know, a, a significant part of, you know, why they achieved what they achieved. 
So, yes, natural talent does exist, and we do believe that, you know, and people are, you know, people are born with, you know, um, certain genes and certain qualities, but it's the experience. It's the experience um, that, you know, really kind of underpins, you know, uh, what they're going to, to, to end up doing, and that's what we believe in. And that's what we've seen time and time again in organizations. You know, it's you can teach people skills, you can teach people knowledge, but unless they want to change, you know, we've seen the longevity of, you know, programs um, be successful when the leaders and the managers, you know, believe and continuously, you know, uh, create and foster an environment of growth mindset. I, as a musician, I have to say, the first thing I thought about when you were talking about those child geniuses was Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart, right? And I, I love playing yeah. his music. You know, I'm a flute player and classically trained. And it, But when you dig down into that, you're absolutely right. Of course, he was perceived as a genius. Who wouldn't be at the age of four? They're sitting on their father's lap playing the piano who his father was a regarded musician, so he was getting guidance. So it makes perfect sense that by the age of 14, he was composing, or even 11. I don't know what the numbers are. Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And yeah, and time and time again, Matthew, you know, we, you know, we even in, you know, within organizations, we, you know, we, we, organizations run talent programs and, you know, talent management, and we often see, you know, organizations that, you know, create and foster that environment for those elite people or special people. Of course, they're going to do better because they are the ones that, you know, are given the opportunities to continue to practice, to deliberately practice. They're given access to, you know, experts and expert performers that can help them, whereas, you know, the rest of the organization don't, you know, don't either don't have that or, or aren't, um, you know, fortunate enough to, to have have that created around them so you know it's 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 a myth you know it's a myth that, that you know cream rises to the top it, it doesn't you know it needs to um it needs to be nurtured and that's where you know our work with leadership and with leaders and, and management come into it and that yeah that makes perfect sense you, you put someone in a, a laboratory you give them everything they need of course they're going to excel you know so Chris we've got just about a minute before break and I want to hit on one concept that I know you and I have talked about in the past and that's self insight what does that mean in terms of having a growth versus a fixed mindset yeah so um so so the the whole concept you know if we believe that you know the, the mindset is if you know, like you know kind of um, foundation, if you like, of what mindset is all about is that self-theory, that self-perception, you know, that people hold about themselves. Very often, um, you know, people don't know that they're unaware of what their mindset is, you know, um, that they actually don't know what it is that will, you know, help them to achieve or acquire new skills or develop, you know, professional, personal relationships or become successful. So the first thing that we, you know, we often do is we, we we help people, as I mentioned before, with the, um, you know, a, a, sh- a short 16-question assessment tool that helps them to really, you know, start to think deeper about what do they really believe. And then once they, you know, once they've kind of given some um, self-reflection on, you know, on that then what we work with them on is helping them to see how that reflection or that belief transforms itself into the way in which they behave around others. So, you know, we often say to organizations, you know, talking to leaders, of course we believe we can... Uh Oh, I think we may have lost Chris. 
Well, this is a good point. We're already at commercial break. So let's do this. We'll go ahead and take a a break. And during that time, go to my website. That's transformationalenergyleadership.com. Check out my coaching, consultative, and training opportunities. And we'll see you back here on the other side. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Being here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration that opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss Being Here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 p.m. Eastern Time with award-winning authors Ariel and Shia Kane, right here on the Empowerment Channel. When you learn to see things from a spiritual perspective, it changes the way you see virtually everything in your life. Listen for Dr. Paula Joyce and her program, Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. Our program will help you get rid of the negative aspects of your life and invite love, joy, and prosperity into your life. Turn that negative feeling into a positive one. Tune in to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit, every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. You are tuned in to Transformational Energy Leadership. To reach Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey or his guest today, you are welcome to call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, send it to mwoolsey at transformationalenergyleadership.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed taking a look at my website during the break. Now, today I'm joined by Chris Pritchard. She's the founder and managing partner of MetaLucid Limited, and she's an expert in this concept called growth mindset, and particularly using growth mindset to help transform organizations. And before the break, Chris, we were talking about growth mindset, what it is, how it differs from a closed or a fixed mindset. And one thing I want to touch on is because we're all driven by success. And I, I don't think it really even matters the company, organization, the sector, country that we live in. Success is such a target that we all aim for. And would you say success is about learning or proving you're smart? Mm, yeah, no, that's a good question, Matthew. You know, success is about learning, you know, first and, 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 and last, actually. It is all about learning. So, you know, if we think about the, 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 the differences between the growth and the fixed mindset, the fixed mindset is a very deterministic view of the world. So, you know, people with a fixed mindset, of course they do achieve. There's, there's no question about that. They achieve, but to what level? Um, and to, you know, what does success look like for them? So they are more driven by that desire to look smart. So when it comes to, you know, challenging, um, challenges that are put in front of them, obstacles, 
you know, they avoid challenges in, in case they don't. You know, we've worked with organizations and across organizations, people that, you know, sort of say there's a fear of failure around here or there's, you know, a blame culture around here. And that's usually driven by leaders who, you know, who kind of create this, if you like, the environment where, you know, people don't put themselves into what we call a learning zone, but they, they work in a performance zone. It's all about performance, performance, performance. It's all about, you know, looking good and not making mistakes and not failing. And so what happens is that it, it stops people from, you know, really growing. Um, where the growth mindset is, you know, the person with the growth mindset is, you know, uh, driven by the desire to learn. They embrace challenges. They persist in those, you know, in the face of setbacks. So they're often on a, you know, ironically that they are performing better because they are working in this learning zone where, you know, mistakes are what we use to 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 check how we're doing and and improve on. You know, one of the great tools that, um, and we have a number of tools, thirty odd tools that you know we help and you know um, and bring into an organisation to help people to either move from a fixed mindset to a growth or to really enhance their growth mindset and and, and maintain that. But one of the most fundamental ones is the the, tool, the win learn change tool. You know, a fixed mindset would see things very black and white. You know, I'm either winning or I'm losing. Whereas a growth mindset sees, well, when I'm winning, how can I win even more? So therefore, what am I learning? And actually, if I haven't, you know, if I'm not winning, it's not about losing. It's what am I learning and what do I need to change to continue to win um, and get better? So there's a much, you know, greater sense of free will um, with a growth mindset. I love how you framed that working in a performance zone. When you were talking about that, I was visualizing people who I've worked with and even myself being in those moments where, well, you know what? I'll just put my head down. I'll work hard. I'll put in the hours to prove my worth and not necessarily going into the taking a risk perspective. And which is so imperative when you think about when you want to innovate, you want to create, you want to transform an organization. If you're just doing the same thing over and over, that's not necessarily going mm-hmm. to get you you know, to that, that innovative space. And I, I love what you're talking about, this win, learn, change. How might we, the listening audience, use that? Well, it's a very simple tool. It's a very simple concept. And, you know, um, and Matthew, as you know, you know, we instill this with, you know, all of our clients and all of our associates that work with us. So, you know, every t- almost every time you do something, you say, so what, it, what, what did I do then that worked well? And therefore, what am I going to repeat um, and, and get better at and, and continue to get better at? And what did I do that I tried that didn't work well? Um, and if you, you know, if the answer to that, first of all, is no, then clearly I didn't try. You know, we know through all the research that's been done, not just by Carol Dweck, but also, you know, through Anders Ericsson around deliberate practice, for example, you know, he talks about, you know, learning and change happens not in our comfort zones, but at the edge of our discomfort zone. So when we're in that discomfort, you know, that's when real learning and real change happens. So when I hear a person saying, yeah, I'm doing all of these things, you know, really well, I'm winning here, but I haven't learned anything or I'm not learning or I'm not outside of my comfort zone, well, you know, change is never going to happen. So so the, the process, going back to your question, it's, 
you know, always asking ourselves at the end of any, you know, significant piece of work or um, even some, you know, a small piece of work at the end of this call, for example, sitting down and saying, what did I do that worked really well that I can repeat and get better at? What did I do that didn't work well, but boy, did I learn from it and therefore what am I going to change um, and to implement into a similar situation again? And that's, just a very simplified version of that, of that um, kind of whole practice and continuous improvement, frankly. The, yes, and this links to so many things. When we think about leadership, you know, we talk about a couple of shows ago, I had a show on mindfulness where you just being present mm. in the moment to you think about the leadership greats who talk about exemplary leaders are willing to take risks. And with that comes failure. And I'm wondering... When, when we talk about this, in your experience working with leaders at different organizations, failure is so frowned upon. What do you, what's your reaction to that? It really is, and it kind of goes back to, you know, the different types of mistakes that, you know, that people can make and, you know, and living in an organization where there's that fear or blame culture, which often happens because, you know, people are, and you, you mentioned it earlier, people are too too concerned about, you know, um, not failing at something and therefore not achieving, you know, our organizations, you know, if you just think about the measurement in our organizations, we are so fixated on, you know, performance and and metrics and KPIs, et cetera, et cetera. But what we forget are all those leading indicators. And and really that's where we focus on and we help leaders and managers to to think about what are their behaviors and how are they creating the right kind of environment so that people aren't afraid to to make those mistakes and aren't afraid to fail. Now, obviously, there needs to be, you know, caveats around those as well. And, you know, we, we do operate in, in kind of high-risk situations or high-stake situations as well. So there has to be, you know, a level of, you know, um, what the organization can, can work towards. But, you know, leaders who, you know, who encourage that, that, that innovation, that, you know, working outside of your comfort zone, knowing that, you know, um, that's where breakthrough thinking happens, that's where change happens, are the leaders who really kind of foster that and, and, you know, and, and, yeah, create, create higher performance. You know, there's, there's research that actually shows that, you know, organizations that are growing are actually doing so through a learning zone versus a, just a pure performance zone. And, and the deliberate practice, sorry, Matthew. <laughs> oh, keep going. Yeah, keep going. Deliberate no, practice. I, was, I want to hear about this. Yeah, no, I was, I was going to say, and, you know, the deliberate practice model is, is, is the model, if you like, that we, you know, we've um, kind of come across and created and expanded and, and using as a, you know, as an enhancement to help people to, you know, not just not just use it in the learning space, but actually transfer it and and use it in their actual, you know, working space as well. So, you know, I remember, you know, the organizations I worked with and and thinking about the more traditional learning interventions, and they all prove, you know, have proven to fall short of their goals. You know, learning interventions are often conceived and designed and delivered in, in an attempt to fix something as opposed to, you know, truly help people to learn and to be able to continue that, you know, continue that learning zone. And so the deliberate practice model is, is probably the most um, 
kind of critical model that we you know we've come across that helps people to first of all check their mental representation what do they know about the task the activity the job what what they're trying to perform and then move out of their comfort zone because in their comfort zone they're not going to make any changes so move out of their comfort zone create that well-defined goal break that into smaller tasks focus and give their full attention you know reminded me as you were talking about playing a musical instrument it's no different to that or the you know sports um you know, the elite sports performers as well. But the key thing with deliberate practice that you don't get in, in kind of like the purposeful or the naive practice is seeking that immediate informed feedback from an expert coach. So having someone constantly that being there and, and, and helping, you know, to helping with feedback, immediate feedback to say, you know, here's where you're going wrong. Here's what you could do differently. Um, and, to, and going around that loop as many times as, you know, that creating that effort, if you like, and learning from, you know, from that feedback and from that criticism often um, and finding inspiration in the experts themselves and in, in, in other people and, and, and then and recreating that mental representation. So that's what we do with leaders. You know, often we hear leaders saying, yeah, I believe that people can improve but yeah not that group over there or not that team or not that individual um, and even if they don't say those words it's how they behave um, and how they see people that you know, will often um, you know stifle you know productivity yeah I'm thinking about as I'm hearing you talk deliberate practice sounds so it's so valuable when you've got a guide or someone there who's giving you customized feedback to help you along the process. And I, 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 I just love the tool, the way you're talking about breaking things down into smaller tasks and, and tackling them. One thing I want to hit, we've got just about a minute before break. And one thing I want to talk about, because this has been festering in my mind, I have worked for a fixed mindset leader and mm. found it frustrating. What advice, input do you have for those of us who have to work with fixed mindset leaders? Call it out. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, no, it's difficult. And I think in, in all of our careers, and I, and I could talk about this for, you know, another hour or two. Um, yeah, when you have a fixed mindset leader um, who doesn't, you know, clearly, you know, has a desire to look smart themselves and avoids challenges and gives up easily themselves, you know, it's very difficult for you to start to embrace or, or to... Um, you know, almost like get the, you know, create, have the right environment for you to, to grow your potential. But, but we have, and we've, we, you know, over the course of the last sort of 10 years or so, but most probably most recently in the last three or four years with many of our clients, call, and, and I was kind of joking, but not joking, calling out the behavior, calling out, um, you know, taking, being courageous, but, and, but doing it in the right way. So, you know, we often talk about, um, you know, people, an A player or B player rather won't, you know, won't work for an A player because they stifle their creativity in the same way an A player probably won't, and, you know, um, hire a B player because of their, you know, um, fear of being found out or, you know, fear of being, um, if you like, exposed. 
And so, you know, what we do is with organizations, we help people to, to call out in the right way. You know, there's a myth that you can do developmental, you know, can only do developmental feedback, for example, behind closed doors. That, that's a myth. You can do it if your intention is for continuous development and you use a good process and, and you come with the right behaviors and right attitudes and that growth mindset, you can actually help fixed mindset people change and, and start to, uh, to think in a growth mindset way and act in a growth mindset way. Aha. Uh-huh. And I would love to talk with you more about some more strategies to do that. <laughs> Tell you what, we're right at a commercial break. So when we come back, you and I are going to talk about that age-long question, are leaders made or are they born? And also explore some scenarios that one might find themselves in in the organization. So stay tuned and we'll come back to you in two minutes after the break. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Have you left the cage that held you back but find yourself in the wild of your life wondering, what do I do now? I'm Dr. Lisa Cooney, and today I'm going to give you the tools to answer that question. Regardless of the issue, your choices of the past no longer need to haunt you. You have the power to change that and to create from a space of fun and ease. How different can your life be? Find out. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, noon Central, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. If you're lost in the dating world and need GPS, if you're stuck in dating hell and can't get out, if you're in need of a dating intervention... Then Done Being Single with host Trevor and Robbie Sharp is your lifeline to love. From hookups to happily ever after, learn how to navigate single life and find the one. Tune in to Done Being Single Saturdays, 12 noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Transformational Energy Leadership. To reach Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey or his guest today, you are welcome to call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, send it to mwoolsey at transformationalenergyleadership.com. Now, back to this week's show. And we're back today. We are talking about leading with growth mindset. I'm joined by Chris Pritchard. She is a thought leader in this arena of growth mindset. We're having a great conversation. And by the way, if you have a question or a comment, please call in and be part of the conversation. In fact, I've got a caller on hold. We'll bring her in just a moment. I just want to recap and talk. Last segment, Chris, we were talking about how... A growth mindset differs from a closed mindset, and you really differentiated that by saying that when you're in a fixed mindset, you're working towards a perform, you're in a performance zone, and rather than a learning zone, which is such a big contrast about what it means to be growth versus fixed mindset. And then you also shared with us this tool or approach using deliberate practice, and I closed out that section asking you, how do we deal with a fixed mindset leader? So great conversation there. If you're up for it, let's go ahead and take our caller. Laura in Denver. 
Hi, Matt. Can you all hear me? We can hear you. Great to hear you. Great to be part of the show. And my question actually is in follow-up to your comment about the fixed mindset leaders. And it just strikes me in listening to you both that this change is really emotional. And um, for me personally, it's, it's a long journey into creating a, a growth mindset. So really my question is, what is the one thing that we can do to get leaders on board with a growth mindset, not just give it lip service? Do you have a client example or even a personal story of one thing that can um, trip that switch? I like that question. (laughs) Yeah, $6 million question, I think. Um, Gosh, I suppose if I knew that, would I be on this call or would I be doing something else? You know... um, yeah, it's interesting. Um, I think with all the work that we have done over the years, um, it's, you know, I, I, I believe with my growth mindset, I believe that all leaders and all managers um, want to believe. It's not that they, you know, come to work and, you know, and just kind of want to do a bad job or, you know, not believe in their people doing things. Everybody wants to be able to, every leader, every manager wants to be able to delegate and know it's done well, wants to create strategy and know that it gets executed, um, give feedback and know that people will take it in the right way and improve their performance. So I think if the, the one thing that uh, we have done um, is, is actually because this is such a simplistic thing in one way, I mean, it's as simple as it's a belief. It's no more than that. It's everything, but it's nothing, if that makes sense. And so um, the one thing, I guess, that we have done that has transformed that and helped leaders who were essentially, you know, maybe sitting on the fence and not believing, as opposed to not believing completely, is they have seen it for themselves. So very quickly in classroom situations, what we do in our workshops is we create um um, you know, exercises and, you know, scenarios and situations where you can actually see the difference. And it's only when a leader can see that difference in the way that they change their language, because it is ultimately it's about the language. You know, I can say I believe, but my language might say differently, you know, or the way in which I um, operate says it differently. So just little things on changing language using, you know, techniques and, and a lot of them on, uh, you know, NLP neuro-linguistic programming techniques around language that we often use and, and leaders can see that the amount that they get back by just changing a word or, or you know, uh, turning their kind of very negative language into more of a positive, you know, way of putting things, they see the results um, and those results are, you know, that have longevity. I don't know if I answered that question. It's a difficult question to <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, what do you think? You. It, I think you said it. It's simple, but it's not easy. Mm. And like so many of the really important lessons in life, it's everything but nothing. It's it's one of those yeah. experiences. I remember when I got married, and I'd I'd been with this gentleman for a while, and after the wedding, my mother said, "You know, how do you feel?" And I said, "I feel like everything's changed and nothing's changed. He's the same person. I'm the same person. But what we just said." changed everything. And that's exactly your point. The NLP language is a way for people to see it for themselves. They can express their their situation, if you will, in the workshop. And as soon as the words trip off their tongues, they can start to 
embrace that growth mindset, but not until. So yeah. Not the challenge yeah, absolutely. to your workshop. Uh, no, absolutely. And, you know, and the great thing is there are, you know, there are five, only five, you know, key conditions and they are, they are the conditions of, and I've, I've mentioned them, but it's challenges is one, obstacles, effort, criticism, and success of others. And we focus very much on those five challenges and, you know, and we, we, we sort of almost, people explore for themselves, Matthew asked a question earlier on that, about that self-insight, um, if you like, and, you know, we, we almost like people can hear themselves saying things in a fixed mindset way or a growth mindset way um, against those five conditions or how they, you know, um, come to those conditions, if you like, and just making that little shift is, is amazing. And, and we all, you know, we'll work through everything because the condition itself, if you think about challenges, the state of mind and a growth mindset around challenges is self-confidence. In a fixed, it's self-doubt. The emotional state of, of challenges in a growth mindset is about engagement, excitement, feeling challenged. And then the behaviors are people will work harder. They'll seek those challenges. They'll find new strategies. They have a go. Whereas in the fixed mindset, the emotional state becomes, if it's a state of mind is self-doubt, then the emotional state is anxiety, shame, sometimes anger. And the behaviors are, I'll avoid that risk. You know, my defense mechanism will go up, I'll withdraw, or I'll freeze. And, you know, with each of those conditions, um, I could go on, but, you know, it's that, it's that that's what we work on, and that's what we help people identify, and then just make that simple little change. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Chris and Matt. You, you just really, really put it together for me. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank Appreciate you. the call. Yes. You know, Chris, I, I'm hearing this and I'm thinking to myself, one of the, one, you know, I think about all the money I paid to get my doctorate. <laughs> and if there's one, <laughs> one phrase that I took away that's transformed how I communicate with others, it, it was this phrase. And my professor said, words create worlds. Words create worlds. Mm. And I'll never forget when she said that. And it just, it hit me because what you're talking about, language fundamentally is such a is a tool that we use we use it for good or for bad but it creates worlds around us as and as leaders the impact the ripple effect it can have in an organization and this reminds me and i know you and i have talked about the way our, our mind is structured and it's structured to to think really fast to just to coast to be unconscious and mm. to we don't necessarily take that time to reflect and one of the techniques that we do as humans is we like to label people. And, Mm. you know, we do it and there's some certain dangers. I might say, Chris, you are so super smart and there's danger in that. Or I might say, wow, you just don't have your act together. (laughs) And there's (laughs) there's some dangers in there. So what are the potential Mm. consequences of those in the workforce? Yes, absolutely. And, you know, there are so many, um, you know, assessments and profiles and profiling tools around. So we are very, very careful, you know, in terms of, you know, labeling as well. So even that with the fixed mindset and the growth mindset, it's a continuum, you know, um, people, you know, might, for, so for example, we've had a lot of people that have taken the assessment and, and they get a result, you know, everything from a, what we call an F5, which is you strongly believe that your intelligence 
performance is fixed. It does not change and you can't perform perfectly, so you'd rather do something else or et cetera. To a G5, which is, you know, you really feel sure that you can increase your intelligence by learning and you like that challenge. And there's everything in between, so F5, F4, F3, F etc. And often people, you know, and we don't like to label people, but, but what the assessment does is to get people to say, yeah, why do I believe that? Or why do I believe the other? You know, is it something that's happened in the past? Because, you know, as we, as we know, mindsets are all, you know, based on, um, um, you know, the, the, the experiences that we've had, they're all born out of experiences, um, the way in which we've, you know, have grown up, the feedback that we've had through our early years at schools, you know, at college, you know, in, uh, even in, our, you know, our sort of work environments and the leaders that we've had and the managers that we've had, you know, if we've had a very fixed manager that has constantly given us a performance rating and said, you know, you're not good at this, you'll never be good at that, you look back at your school reports and you have, you know, Matthew never worked hard or didn't listen in the classroom <laughs> or whatever it is. You know, they shape us. They, they help us to believe I'll never be any good at that. And so when we, you know, when the assessment comes back and said, well, you know, you, you have the tendencies of a fixed mindset, but you can change that to a growth. We would then work with people to say, well, what is it? What, what, why, are you, why do you believe that? Why do you not believe that you can? And, and then help people to create, you know, the right environment. But very often, and this is worth saying as well, it's, um, you know, we can be growth mindset as in we can, you know, I'm, I believe that I am a growth mindset. I believe that I can improve my abilities. But there are some things that I have to make a choice on because I can't deliberately practice everything. You know, if I wanted to be, you know, I, I can't even, I, I don't play the piano, but if I wanted to play the piano, do I believe I could get better at playing the piano from zero to, you know, to be in Mozart? Absolutely not. Do I believe that I can be get better at playing the piano from zero to playing, you know, a, a tune? Yes, absolutely. Will it require lots of energy and effort? Yes, it will. Therefore, if I want to do that, something else might need to be put on the back burner. So it's not that, you know, we don't – if we – I'm not talking about having an organization where everybody can be CEO. Everybody can be CEO if they really want to, but it takes a lot of effort and energy and there are choices people need to make. And can everybody be the greatest CEO? Probably not um, because they should have started when they were, you know, zero. (laughs) I don't know whether that makes, you know, makes sense. It makes a whole lot of sense. And I, when I think about it, I mean, I own my own company, but for me to be CEO of a large corporation, I have no desire whatsoever. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, in terms of, we, we have just under a minute. I don't even know if I want to ask the question because, I, well, I'll, I'll put it there and maybe we'll stop in the middle of your answer and come back and finish it up after break. But my question, I have to ask you this because you work with so many leaders. You're in this space of growth, growth mindset that, not really any other organization that I know of is doing or they're doing it. I'm curious, when you work with leaders, would you say they are made or are they born? <laughs> what a great question. Um, they are definitely made and not born. And when I say made, actually that in itself is a, opens a, a Pandora's box too because I think, you know, People have um, people have a propensity to lead. Um, what, what do I mean by that? You know, there are some people that you know, because of the effort and energy and experiences 
they've had. And also their personality, which is not fixed or growth, nothing to do with fixed or growth mindset. Because of their personality, like to work with others, like to do things through others. And therefore, they gravitate more towards leadership roles. And, you know, it used to, it reminds me of, you know, even when, when I was doing recruiting and we recruit actually for fixed, and you know, we look for fixed and growth mindset traits as well around those five conditions that I talked about in our interviewing processes with our clients. And, you know, you can see the people who gravitate towards that. And it's usually because they've had great experiences. They've been around from childhood all the way through. And so are they made? They make themselves because they put in the effort. They take on those challenges. They, you know, look at others, experts, going back to the deliberate practice model. They seek immediate informed, you know, feedback from expert coaches, for example. So they make themselves as opposed to necessarily the organization. What the organization does and what we work with leaders in organizations do is to create that kind of environment, those learning zone environments. Um, what I hear you talking about is there there is some deliberate practice that we can do individually. I want to come back to that. Let's do this. Let's take a break. We'll come back, and okay. after that, we'll we'll wrap this part this portion up, and then we'll recap our conversation from the course of the day. So stay tuned, and we'll be right back in two minutes. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. The White House doctor makes house calls. Listen every week for House Calls with Dr. Connie Mariano. Dr. Connie has served as the White House physician under three U.S. presidents. Now she joins the Voice America Empowerment Channel to help you enrich yourself physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Our guests will include professionals from a variety of fields who will bring you tips that you can apply to your own life. Listen for House Calls with Dr. Connie every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Many of us define our lives by what has already happened. It's a past tense series of events. Do you long for something else? You don't have to live solely in this reality. Tune in for To Win Within with host Strom Thomason. Strom and his guests are here to introduce you to your true self. It's time to emerge from your box and take a beautiful journey of self-love and discovery. You'll find yourself exactly where you need to be. To Win Within airs live every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Transformational Energy Leadership. To reach Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey or his guest today, you are welcome to call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, send it to mwoolsey at transformationalenergyleadership.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back to the show. Now, today's focus is leading with a growth mindset and the benefits it brings when one truly embraces it, even as uncomfortable as it can make a person. And I'm with Chris Pritchard, and she is a growth mindset growth mindset expert. And Chris, at the end of last segment, you touched on something, and I want to make sure the listening audience hears that. And that is leaders can make themselves be better leaders. 
and you you talked about some practice in there. And would you just shore that up for us? Yes. So, um, so I guess what I was saying is that you know leaders aren't born leaders. Um, it is they go through a process of you know their experiences, their expertise. That you know uh, everything shapes them and shapes what they want. But you know people that have that propensity to lead, that want to do things through others, um, that are you know want to be surrounded by people. You know they can you know through taking on challenges. You know learning from you know um, when things go wrong you know, looking at the success of others, they can emulate a lot of those great leadership qualities and you're seeking that immediate informed feedback from an expert coach. So, you know, leaders can go a long way to becoming better leaders. They kind of make themselves as opposed to the organization making them. You know, I talked earlier on about, you know, learning interventions, you know, very often have, you know, proven to fall short of their goals, especially, you know, we go into organizations who, you know, who like, five years ago, 10 years ago, had a coaching program or had a training and development leadership program and it was short-lived. The results were short-lived and that's very often because the focus on, you know, programs or training focuses on knowledge and skills acquisition. Without the growth mindset, it is always going to be short-lived. So and, and I guess that's the, the distinguishing pop, um, point I was, I was trying to make. I, I, this I love it because what you're saying is I myself can intentionally, when I set set time aside, when I implement or use the tool like you said, when learn change to reflect, to reflect, to reflect, and really think about my efforts and what worked, what didn't. That's where real mm-hmm. growth happens. I we've got a caller. Let's take her and then in Los Angeles and then let's wrap this up. So Sherry in Los Angeles, welcome to the show. Uh, good morning. Good morning. Uh, I have a question about um, when you're working with leaders uh, mm-hmm. and they struggle with the practice, meaning um, meaning they don't want to go out on a limb to try something new. Uh, they just go yeah. back to what feels most comfortable with them um, because typically practice can either lead to <laughs> failure as you're trying to learn. So how do you suggest um, folks work with their leaders? Uh, I'm thinking executive coaches. How do you suggest Mm. folks work with their leaders to um, get over the mindset of the discomfort that comes with practicing and failing a little at first and then finally getting better? Yeah, it's a good question, Sherry. And I think what, you know, where we've had the success is, you know, looking at it from a a perspective of deliberate practice, but sort of breaking that down into kind of smaller tasks. So, and then trying those tasks and deliberately failing. Like, so for example, one of the things that we do, we found that in organizations, everybody is so focused on perfection, you know, standards and perfection. And so we deliberately, for example, you know, put if we're using slides, we don't use slides very very much at all in our in our sessions. But in our materials, put in an put put an error in, put a mistake in. Have people identify it. Don't don't call it out ourselves, but deliberately put things in that are just not quite right. Um, and then have people point it out because that's what they're good at. And then say, so what's happened as a result of that? So, and then try it for themselves. So put a, you know, if we're working with organization, you know, leaders that are pitching to clients, for example, you know, put in an error, 
deliberately do something so that they really are at the edge of that discomfort zone. They feel what it's like and, you know, and just keep pushing a little bit further and a little bit further each time until they realize that actually this is cathartic in a way, but it's also that kind of gives them that greater sense of free will that they didn't have when it's just all about performance, performance, performance. So it's kind of helping them to create that learning zone and be okay. Um, be okay with call out. We do lots and lots of feedback. And, and you know, as I said to the last, call, last person that called in as well, lots of change of you're just very slight, you know, kind of language change. Um, I'll give you a, a quick example. You know, organ, lots of organizations talk about, you know, performance management or talent management. The word management itself feels like a closure. So we just tell them, you know, to call it talent development or performance development or, you know, it's, and it's just those kind of slight changes, feedback, we'll call it feed forward, you know, and I know there's a, that's a very different way of, of doing, you know, even giving feedback, you know, and so it's just really that, you know, little, little and often and feel what it's like, get them to, you know, get them to practice, feel what it's like, feel the courage and Chris, the curiosity yeah. of doing more. And Chris, and, and thank you for the call, Sherry. We are at the end of the show, believe it or not. And there's oh. so many elements. I know. I just I want to thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. I feel like we can have another show and just keep tweaking this apart. So I want to thank you. And how can our listening audience get a hold of you if they want to get in touch with you after the show? Yes, yeah, so they go on our website, which is meta-lucid.com, um, send an email that way or directly to me, Christina Pritchard at meta-lucid.com. Um, yeah, or, you know, go through you as well, Matthew. I'm sure you'll be able to point them into action, you know. So, yeah, and just remember, mindset is just a belief. A belief can change. It shapes behaviors and culture. And without that growth mindset, learning development really doesn't stick. Thank you very much. All right. Well, I will see you here next week where we will talk about how to create the career of your life. So until next time, harness your positive energy and lead with transformation. Talk with you next week. Thank you for listening to Transformational Energy Leadership. Please join Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey again for another edition next Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a great week.